0: This episode of the King Do It Is podcast is sponsored by McDonald's. Para mí, McDonald's es más que un lugar de comida sabrosa. Es un lugar donde la gente se conoce. Imagínate, tú sales un fin de semana sudado, cansado, después de bailando tanto el merengue, la salsa, el reggaetón, un poco de perreo, ya tú sabes. Uno quiere comer. ¿Y para dónde va después de tanto baile? Para mí, yo voy para McDonald's por varias razones. Primero siempre está abierto. Segundo, la comida siempre es lo que necesito en ese momento. Y tercero, me tratan como familia cuando yo entro. Yo voy tanto a, a McDonald's después de una noche de baile que a mí me saben de nombre. O sea, yo me siento como yo estoy entrando a una casa de un primo. Yo sé que hay mucha gente que tiene ese sentido cuando entra a su McDonald's favorito, a su McDonald's del barrio, a donde uno vive. El crew de McDonald's te hace sentir que Do McDonald's. McDonald's, me encanta.
1: I feel like it's okay to not want to get promoted, not want to go in this corporate ladder. I feel like, I mean, again, this is something I'm still unlearning because in Latino culture, like what I was told as a kid is like, you always got to get the next opportunity. You always want the next shiny thing, just as you're saying, right? Like you always want more. And that's something that I've struggled with my whole life is I get somewhere and I'm never really present or grateful. I'm always like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I'm always in this like mode of working and working and working for the next thing. And I'm like, what am I really working toward?
0: Mi gente, dímelo, dímelo, dímelo. Que lo que, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the King Tu Eres podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know, it's your boy Pavel, Bring you another special episode with another very special guest. Well, kind of, you know, each week we have a different guest join us for a candid conversation around the conflict that they have experienced between professionalism and authenticity that said once a month the homie odalis and i share our own experience you see she's the host of the hella latino podcast and every week she dedicates an episode to sharing a story from her community as well so the last week of every month we come together to share our own experience. We touch on what's going on in our personal lives. We have a current event of the month and we have a primary topic of the month. This month, the conversation was focused around quiet quitting. It's something that's trending. A lot of people are talking about it and there's a bunch of questions of like, what does it mean and how does it impact me? Well, we answered all of those questions. And I think you're gonna leave this episode feeling well-informed on what quiet quitting is and how it's gonna impact the future of work. Did I mention that these conversations are live? With every other episode that Odalis and I do, they're pre-recorded and then published. But with a live recording, our audiences and communities actually get to engage in the conversation as Odalis and I are having it. So during the episode, you'll hear Odalis and I calling out comments that people leave. That's because they tuned in on YouTube and LinkedIn. So if you're not following us on YouTube already, please go ahead and do so. It's at Lural. So with that said, let's get into another episode. What's We're up, y'all? Good. I'm glad that it finally worked. Listen, y'all, last time we created an event page on LinkedIn and then it ended up not working on that event page. But look, this is the third time around, third time to try we figured it <laughs> out. <laughs>
1: Have you heard of? I need to introduce you to Gabe Lamelli. He talks about the the waffle theory. Have you heard of it?
0: No, enlighten me. What is that? So,
1: so he talked about on my podcast. There's an episode. Oh, hey Jamie. Um, there's a part in the in the episode where he talks about the waffles. He's like life is like waffles, right? Like we, we try to get it right the first time, but sometimes the waffle's wonky, the shape's off, like you're just like, mm, doesn't work. We try the second time and it's like better, but it's still not, you know, IG worthy. And then once you get to the third waffle, it's, like, that's the one you dress up with, like, berries and syrup. That's the one you post on Instagram. Like, it's the whole thing. So, third time is a charm. We're the third waffle. This is what you put on IG.
0: (laughs) That might be the title for this episode, I think. I think I'm going to call it the waffle theory.
1: (laughs) The waffle theory.
0: Let's talk about it. (laughs) And shout out to everybody that's in here. Jay, Mark, Priscilla, Jamie. Oh my gosh, so many people. What's hey. up, y'all?
1: What's good? I'm honest, uh, I'm tuning in right now. Y'all see a different background. I'm at my parents' house. I came to San Diego because I always do my birthday week with them. And so I have a birthday week celebration with my parents.
0: <laughs> Let's start there talking about like personal updates. How how is the celebration going so far? And when was your official birthday?
1: The 21st. So a few days ago on Sunday. Um, Hey, happy belated. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Birthday's been good. This year for me has been, um, someone asked me a question. I'll start there. Uh, He asked me, he was like, happy birthday. And he was like, so looking at your year behind, what are you the most grateful for? And now looking ahead, what are you dreaming about? And I just thought that was the dopest question that I'm like, I'm going to do this every year. Um, But for me, I think looking back, this year, this last year, and we both have talked about this, has been such a pivotal year for our our business, our, our podcast, and it's been in this season of growth and like change for, for at least me. And I think like looking back, I'm just so grateful for in two years where it has gone. And we've talked about how sometimes like people don't realize that we don't just do a podcast, like there's so much more to what we do. And it's not always out there all the time, but I think for me, it's just so much gratitude for that amount of growth that I've been through. And what I'm dreaming about, mm, the solo. I'm dreaming about bigger, bigger platform, bigger voice, bigger reach, um, also dreaming of a vacation, like somewhere abroad mm. and just, seen, you know, by the water, on an island. That's what I'm dreaming about.
0: I'll what? Ask you
1: though, what are you grateful for and what are you dreaming about?
0: Oof, yo, those are those are great questions. Uh before I get into Thanks. that though, you're getting a lot of love. Um, Priscilla said, yeah. Can we also please call out the precision in you know, Odalis' eyeliner? Not only is Thanks, she a wonderful girl. speaker, people connected and leader, but she's also an eyeliner aficionado.
1: Let <laughs> me put that on my LinkedIn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Facts. Uh well. Thank it's- you, Priscilla. I I I love that part about reflecting. I was actually journaling yesterday at a cafe, and like you talk about growth in the past year, and I was like, I like I feel like I'm just starting to get out of pandemic and I'm just getting back into a workout routine, I'm getting back into routine in general. So for me, like even the past year or the past two, like I've just been trying to survive. But within that, and just trying to survive, I am impressed with just like how much I've been able to grow. Not only the podcast, but the business and all these other things. So, I'm I'm grateful that I'm just being able to go beyond surviving. Is if mm. if that's that's what I'm really excited about. And then, what was the last one? Like, what am I excited about in the future?
1: What are you dreaming about?
0: Oh, what am I dreaming about? <laughs> you know, I'm Isn't that such about... a fire
1: question? I'm like, that's a fire question. I would
0: say I'm dreaming about not going back to corporate. <laughs> And I say that that's a dream because it's it's a hope, it's a want, but yeah. it's not easy to be able to, you know, drive the income needed to, to sustain yourself. So that's why I'm saying, like, I need to really dream about it and really think. Big yeah. picture.
1: And something that you and I say a lot is if your dreams don't scare you, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think for you, I think people I think you do a good job of like not talking about it a lot, but. I admire you a lot. I'm just going to give Faber his flowers again and hype him up because I admire you so much for being in this tech world for the amount of time you've been in there and being able to step away and really believing in what you're doing so hard, which we all do. And so I think like, it's, it's really admirable. And the fact that you're still dreaming about doing more of this work and not stepping into the corporate space again, I know that's big. So cheers to you.
0: I'm just really enjoying this lifestyle. Like it is different. Like even you said, talking about vacations, the fact that I can think about vacations and I think about taking time off, like I could just go and do it if I want. Not saying I got the money to spend on vacations right now, but (laughs) I have the option to to even want to do that. Um, And you said vacation, you're talking about abroad. Like if you think about vacations, when you dream in, like where is the next vacation you want to go on? Like where are you trying to go?
1: try to go everywhere. Um I you know I've been dreaming a lot about Costa Rica. There's there's mm-hmm. nothing there's I've always had this like pull to go to to Costa Rica because I don't know, Central America, close to Honduras. Um also been dreaming about going back to Honduras and so I just I want to go somewhere in Latin America and just be literally on a beach. Like that's where I want to be. And my partner keeps saying, "Let's go to Puerto Rico. Let's go to Puerto Rico." So maybe that could be in the works too, but I just want to be in an island.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm hearing summer weather, by the, weather, water. By the yes. water, good views, and I love that. I love traveling in Latin America in particular because I feel like wherever we do end up going out, the music is gonna be fire. Like That's the what I'm last saying. few spots that I went to was like a Latin America tour. Like I did Brazil, I did um Colombia, I did Argentina and a couple others. So I want to continue that tour as well
1: what that's that's my goal like in life is to do like a latin american tour and i next year i'm going to brazil for the first time my best friend's getting married in her hometown and so we're going to brazil and then i'm going to tulum the month after for another wedding so i'm like she traveling okay. somewhere but i want to like vacation without the wedding stuff you know like i just want to go
0: <laughs> yeah 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 I, I feel you on that
1: Oh Josh, I'm not a Virgo, I'm a Leo, but I do love that Virgo energy. I'm a Leo Virgo cuss.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and Barbende is a Libra, which I, I literally guessed that, didn't I last time?:
0: Yeah, it's coming up. October 11th is my birthday, so it's quickly coming up. <laughs> yeah Yeah. Um, anyway, do you wanna, do you want to get into the current events?
1: Let's get into it.
0: All right, y'all. So this week we're talking about quiet quitting. And I don't know if y'all have seen it, the term come up, but I've seen it everywhere from LinkedIn to Instagram to TikTok. Everyone is talking about it. People are writing articles about it. And, well, first of all, have y'all been seeing that? Let me see in the comments real quick. So, Odalis, do you know what it means? Like, have you seen all this as well?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I was super confused at first. I was like, what <laughs> in the world is <laughs> quite quick. Um, But I started looking into it and just, just realized, because at first I saw it my initial understanding of it was it's people who are basically like not giving as much time to work and like giving more time to their like outside of work, whether it's like work-life balance or just going on vacation, going on a walk or doing their own side hustles. Like I, that's, that was my initial understanding is them not doing work. And I was like, that's interesting. Um, I can't, I I don't have the privilege to do that. You know what I mean? It's just like (laughs) not work. Um, But I've been reading a lot on it and just realized that, have you heard of the equity theory? (laughs) All the theories today.
0: All the theories, yeah. (laughs) All the
1: theories today. But I just recently saw a TikTok that was like, the um, quiet quitting is basically equity theory. And I was like, what is equity theory? And equity theory is literally when an employee's inputs equals their outcomes. And that to me was a different way of thinking about it because it's not a quality where everyone gets the same output, same salary, same benefits, just because, you know, everyone, everyone's equal. It's really about how much time, how much energy, how much effort and loyalty are you putting into it? And what is the outcome? Is it higher salary? Is it um, perks, job security, like all of those things. So when I started looking into equity theory, the quiet quitting made a lot more sense to me and what that means is really just saying, I'm not going to put so much more of my time and energy into this if I'm not getting the right output. So that's my understanding of it now. Is
0: that right? Interesting. I love that. I mean, I was also confused when I heard the term because quiet quitting to me instantly, I thought the word quitting just because everyone is like the grave resignation, the layoffs. I was like, Oh, people are quitting. And quietly I'm like, people just not showing up to work and they're just like deuces like Mm -hmm. are they on their way to work and then just turn around and don't tell anybody like i was like that's That's so rude like how are people (laughs) just quitting and not telling
1: anybody they're live (laughs) peace
0: yeah i was like all right so instead of a two-week notice people are giving like an hour notice but not i have no idea i was so confused but Yeah, yeah i love the way that you broke it down though cuz that's my understanding of it as well like it's mm-hmm. in fact not quitting at all instead of people quitting they're more so evaluating all right if i am taking on all this work what how how am i going to be rewarded for it like is it my regular compensation am i going to get a bonus and right a lot of times when they when people talk about work it's not necessarily like the work that they're expected to do but more so like that extra work that they're expected to do and mm-hmm. then if you do take on extra work there's there's often at least on the person receiving the actual work there's an expectation of like all right well like i'm gonna get something for this right like i'm gonna i'm gonna get a a better review i'm gonna get a a better bonus i'm gonna get a raise um etc but oftentimes like it's not met and that's when i think like the confusion lies
1: i this is such an interesting concept for me because i feel oftentimes that and I'm just curious what your experience is, but I feel like sometimes the black and Latino experience in tech or in corporate is you work 10 times harder, go above and beyond just to meet the criteria of your white peers. You know what I mean? Like and when I say criteria, I mean, pay benefits, all of those things. So I'm, I'm just curious of like, who is this serving really? And is there a way to hold these people accountable, the ones who are giving us perks and job security and all that, to say, like, okay, let's have equality as in everyone has an equal opportunity to do more. But I feel like sometimes, like, Black and Latinos are at a disadvantage already, and we're just working hard to get to, like, there. Do you know what I mean? Mm,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting point, too, about just, uh, like, expectations, even. Like, when you start a job, a lot of people don't even know what their expectation is for the role. Like in mm-hmm. your previous jobs, do you think you've had a clear understanding of what the bare minimum is that you needed to do to be able to be like, all right, I'm checking the box?
1: Mm-mm, I had no. Honestly, the last few jobs that I've had, I've kind of created my own role within it. <laughs> like it was never clear. So I've kind of made my own parameters of like, this is what I'm doing. But no, I really have not had a lot of clear expectations.
0: That interesting. So Josh also said, uh, my initial thought was just doing the bare minimum to make it through and keep the role, but this additional context and the equity theory helps add more perspective to it. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Look at you, these theories, just helping. Theories. (laughs) Waffle
1: theory and equity theory. That's what I want people to walk away with.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It, It is really interesting, though. And I think it's often just like such a difficult question to ask. Because, like, yeah. how awkward is it to ask your manager, like, yo, what's the bare minimum that I could do in order to just keep this job? Like, no one's going to ask that question. You know what I mean? Like, you're we mm-hmm. often ask, how much more do I need to do? Or, like, what additional work can I take on in order to right. do X, Y, and Z? Because, like, we don't – I probably, like, we don't want to be seen as lazy, right? Because there's mm-hmm. al- there's already sort of, like, roadblocks as a person of color or, like, an underrepresented group in these, some of these positions. So, like – it's scary to be able to ask some of those questions. And in fact, I think most people start off with like, oh, let me take on more work. And then they start peeling back, like, how can I do less? So it's a difficult conversation to have.
1: Mm -hmm. And honestly, like for me, my culture, I mean, Latinidad plays such a big role in me in the workplace, because for me, like, I go into those spaces. And I at first, early in my career, and I tell everybody differently now, like, Early in my career, it was that feeling of just put your head down, work hella hard all the time, and people will notice, people will give me a raise, people will give me blah, blah, blah. And what I learned is the same thing I learned in the hood. Like, no one gives you anything. Like, no one gives you anything. And I learned that in corporate spaces, too. It's like another, it's a corporate hood out there. And for me, I'm like, no no one's going to give me anything. So I got to work. I got to show them what I'm capable of, what I'm bringing to the table. I have to honestly be my own biggest hype man in those spaces because for me, like, the way my parents raised me was, trabaje duro. I see, like, a trabajar, a trabajar, right? It's like a work first mentality. And now I'm like, well, I'm going to do the work, but I'm gonna also tell them and remind them who I am in these spaces because it's it's so hard sometimes. Like, again, it's a corporate hood. No one gives you anything.
0: <laughs> yeah. And in talking about, woof, and just calling out some comments here. So Josh said, um, or putting in the extra work for ERG work, projects, Mm -hmm. extracurriculars, because you feel like you have to prove you're not just there to check a DI box needed to be checked. That is deep. Mm -hmm. Um, We got another comment. Although Alice, you're right. Oftentimes, black and brown women are treated as the worker horse and expected to do it without complaint. Very true. Um, All facts spoken. Got to take it. Um, corporate hood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's corporate fair. Hood. But that, that, that's so true though. I feel like most of us get that sort of feedback from our, from our families. I got the same thing. Um, just like put your head down at work and eventually you'll be seen and recognized for, for all the work that you do. Um, that part about like advocating for yourself, I think also goes into this like corporate, I'm sorry, not corporate quitting, but the quiet quitting because mm-hmm. advocating for yourself is not something that like I was taught at the house or even right. in corporate. And I actually have done the quiet quitting a few times. Like two that come to mind is when I was at Facebook, I, I done, I did it. And then when I was at TikTok, I did it. But instead of quiet quitting, like I like quiet quit out loud, if that makes sense. Like, I was like, you
1: were featured on the whole like Wall Street <laughs> Journal or something. I don't know if it was quiet.
0: <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> the fascinating thing about both of those experiences is that is like the reception that it had within two different managers. So instead of, Mm. (laughs) so quiet quitting to me is just like putting up your boundaries and having an honest conversation around expectations. So I remember during the pandemic, when I was working at Facebook, I told my manager, like, I don't want to exceed expectations. I don't want to get promoted. In fact, like all this extra work that you're trying to give me, how about you give that to my teammates who want to get promoted? Because I don't want to do that right now. And it was a really difficult conversation that I had to have myself to be like, all right, mentally, I have to see all my colleagues advance in their career while I'm comfortable with where I am now. Like, I don't care about an extra bonus. Like, I don't want any of that. And I also had to admit to my manager, like, I don't want a promotion. It's, it's a weird thing to admit to someone because I feel like we've been trained to always look for the next big, shiny opportunity and title and all those kind of things. But
1: right. it's
0: fascinating that. How it was received, but I think it was received so well because it was during the pandemic and everybody was oozing empathy. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Whereas. Later, when I was at TikTok, well, at Facebook to close out, like it was received really well, like she was understanding. She was like, I get it. But again, I think it was pandemic related. When I was at TikTok and I put up the boundary. I was like almost ashamed for it, not I was made wow. to feel ashamed for it. Like people were saying like, yo, that's not how we do business here. Like you got to work hard essentially. And I was like, oh, like previously when I did it, I felt very safe here. I feel very unsafe. So this idea of quiet quitting, I think it like your reception and your ability to navigate those spaces is really dependent on the work culture and the like organizational culture, your manager, your colleagues, mm-hmm. all of those kind of things.
1: I feel like it's so, it's so fire by the way that you were able to set those boundaries. And I feel like it's okay to not want to get promoted, not want to go in this corporate ladder. I feel like, I mean, again, this is something I'm still unlearning because in Latino culture, like what I was told as a kid is like, you always got to get the next opportunity you always want the yeah. next shiny thing just as you're saying right like mm-hmm. you always want more and that's something that i've struggled with my whole life is i get somewhere and i'm never really present or grateful i'm always like okay what's next what's next what's next mm-hmm. and i'm always in this like mode of working and working and working for the next thing and i'm like what am i really working toward mm-hmm. and for you i think it's fire that you were like able to set that boundary so quickly not quickly in your career because it took a while <laughs> but like just able to set that boundary even when you were at tiktok because you were there for a few was it a that few like months? A year. i mean that's still like super dope that you were like i don't want to get promoted i'm not trying to do all this corporate stuff like i'm just trying to get in here and do my job i feel like that's fine like i don't know why this society culture corporate i don't know what it is and like why it makes us feel like we're just not doing enough or that we're not enough in general. Like. Sometimes we just want to be in this space and get our paycheck, yo, and just go do our lives.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember looking at people that I used to work with um, when I was in sales. They were in, like, the same position for, like, five years. And I remember I'm looking at them, like, I'd admittedly be like, damn, like, you in the same position for five years and you didn't get promoted? Like, I used to not look down upon them, but I was like, bro, where's your ambition? You know, like, I used to think, I used to look at people like that. And I'm like, bro, like, don't you want to do X, Y, and Z? Don't you want more money? Like I used to look at people the same way, but I also like one of the biggest things I had to realize and and start thinking about, I was like, damn, I'm only evaluating this person based on how ambitious they are at work. But like Mm -hmm. the more conversations I had with the person, I was like, oh my God, like this person's ambitious, but outside of work. So like yeah he's doing a bunch of things. He's a real estate investor. he's got his own side hustles. He got all these things. but meanwhile, like I think I think society we've been trained to only evaluate people for like the 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 nine to five, if you will. And for many people, mm-hmm. that's not even what fills up their cup of joy, their income even like that may not mm-hmm. <laughs> like for me, although it's my primary income stream, that doesn't mean it's everybody's primary income stream right. So it's like right. understanding the totality of a person and understanding that like what you do for work may not be, just because it's everything for you doesn't mean it's everything for someone else.
1: Right, right. And again, it's like, speaking from my perspective, this this idea of quiet quitting, the reason like I agree with it, especially looking into the equity theory and kind of doing a little more research and what that means, like totally real. And I think for me, I was telling you earlier about this like, the black, black and Latino experience, and then just trying to like work up there. And it feels like you are going above and beyond to be at that level. And even for me to be totally transparent with everybody here, I'm a contractor and I feel like I came in with that same idea of like, well, I'm gonna put my everything into it, my energy, my soul, my heart, and I'm gonna like work so hard to be known and seen, I'm gonna advocate for myself, did be above and beyond. And I'm still not guaranteed job security. And I think for me, that's where it comes. That's what I think about a lot is just that experience of being a black and Latino in this space sometimes feels like you're working 10 times harder, according to your peers, to just be at the same level as them. And it just feels like the quiet quitting still to me feels like it's not a luxury that a lot of people have in our communities. And, Like the setting boundaries is different like we can do that but even then i got trouble setting boundaries too like i'm still working on that sometimes i'm like no i can't take this meeting at 6 p.m you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i think it's still something that i'm working through but i think for me it's again it's corporate hood where like things are not given to you you have to take them but sometimes it's not even there for you to take and sometimes you got to step away and go somewhere else where you can take whatever opportunities they do have out there for you so Quiet according to me is still like a, I don't know. Do I feel like I can do that? Does that feel like it's afforded to us? Like, yeah, I don't know.
0: There's I'd love to get your thoughts on this as well, because it's something that I'm I'm not confused, but I, I struggle with as well. Like there's so much data out there that says underrepresented groups often in their performance review, instead of their evaluation based being based on the impact that they're driving, it's often based on their personality. Right. So we're often getting called lazy, not a team player, all these sort of things instead of focusing on the output. Right. And there's mm-hmm. another story that recently came out about Meta where instead of so, so they're evaluating a new form of performance reviews where they're essentially going to push out the lowest performing people. So mm-hmm. and that's a way of them. Instead of like firing people and like that's a way for them to like reduce headcount without firing people. They're kind of like you are going to determine whether you're Mm going to stay here or not. We're going to push out the lowest performing people. Right. So this idea of quiet quitting, which is setting boundaries, but also kind of like doing the minimum, which is not bad. It's just like the minimum amount to get the job done. In theory, you may be the lowest performing person on that team. Right. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: are you. You know what I mean like it's kind of like am I setting myself up to eventually just be fired? And like You know what I mean?
1: Huh. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm. But
0: something all right, something I want to get you something I want that was just a thought starter but something I definitely <laughs> want to get your 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 feedback on and your thoughts. What do you think about quiet quitting out loud? Cuz I think quiet quitting Is like, let's just assume it's doing the minimum amount of work, right? In my Mm -hmm. experience, when I did it out loud, like I told my manager to set expectations with her to say, this is the amount of work that I am comfortable doing and that you should expect of me, right? The problem that I face is that I didn't communicate it to my teammates. So let's assume that we're all like data analysts and our job is to like send one report out a week, right? So Mm -hmm. at some point, we're all sending one report out a week, but- the two other people on my team decided like, no, I want to go above and beyond because I want a promotion. So they start sending three reports out a week, but I'm still at one. So they start almost like building resentment for me because I'm not doing as much work as they're doing. And they start feeling burnt out. Right. So you see where like mm-hmm. that resentment comes in. They're like, yo, but like, mm-hmm. why can't Pabell take on some of the work that I'm doing? Why can't he catch up to me? And I was like, no, no, no bro. Like, oh. I don't want that. I'm, yeah. j- I'm not trying to get promoted. You know what I mean? And that's where I think quiet quitting becomes a little bit problematic when you don't have these conversations out loud because everyone goes into a job with expectations for yourself and for your teammates mm-hmm. and yeah like i that's why yeah. i think like communication is so important when it comes to this idea of quiet quitting
1: oh 100 and he just reminded me of like every group project in college <laughs> yes it's like bruh like exactly a little more like one pilas, less you know <laughs> Yes. um that's, I haven't even, I didn't even think of that, to be honest. Like, I've only really thought about that conversation with your manager, but you're so right. Like, I I feel like if that were my team and Pavel, you were slacking, but not really slacking, right? You were just doing your job. But for me, if I'm on that mindset of like, I'm trying to go above and beyond trying to get to the next level. Exactly. It is, it is hard. It's so hard, especially. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to think like, just trying to think of myself in that position like being on your team data analyst right mm-hmm. never do data by the way <laughs> but like if I'm like sitting there with you I think there would almost be a little bit of um not just resentment but like it would almost be like the disrespect like I'm a Latina girl trying to make it out here and you're just not making it easier on me but it's also on another on another end of it is like why does my job performance depend on you too? Do
0: you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Before getting into that, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. COVID-19 moves fast. And now you can too. If you feel symptoms, even if they're mild, you should test fast. Test positive and at high risk for severe COVID-19. Then act fast with authorized oral treatments that can be taken at home and must be taken within five days from when symptoms begin. COVID-19 moves fast, and now you can too by asking your healthcare provider if an oral treatment is right for you. Learn about a treatment option at TreatCV19.com. This message is sponsored by Pfizer. This episode of the Can Do It As podcast is also brought to you by Chispa, the number one dating app for Latinos. Chispa is the largest community for Latinx singles with over 6 million downloads. So to all my fellow Latinas, Latinos looking for love, or to meet new people, you have to listen to this. This is the perfect app for you to find your novio, your novia, or just new friends this summer. If you want to connect with someone like you, someone that loves nuestra cultura, you need to check this app. Let's be real. Meeting new people is a little difficult, especially if you want them to be familia and abuelita approved. If this all sounds good, then go on Chispa and find Bay. It's simple and free. Just download the app whenever you're ready. Uno nunca sabe. Something amazing could come out of this. So that next time your tia asks you, ¿Y el novio? ¿Y la novia? or even worse, when they try to set you on a blind date, now you can tell them, I'm good, tia. It's hard. Yeah. And I am not a fan of group projects. This could just be like hashtag only child syndrome. <laughs> I really like doing work independently, but so many parts of our job... I think it's I think it's rare often like that we can lead a project from start to finish completely by ourselves not because we can't but I think a lot of like corporate the process is just working with so many cross functional teams in fact a lot of our performance reviews like in most of the performance reviews have often been like well go get feedback from other teammates outside of your team and in order to get feedback you got to work with people so you're mm-hmm. like forced to work with other people and put yourself in these positions where you have to have these difficult conversations about expectations. And then right. you're going to yeah, like it's it's really it's it's tough.
1: It's interesting. And this reminds me this literally brings me back to a traumatic moment in college where I had a group project and I don't know why the professor did this and I did give him that feedback after I'm like don't do this ever again. But <laughs> he made us all grade each other and he based our grade off of the grade that we got as a whole. Does that make sense? Whoa, like so my my grade was dependent on my four other group members what grade they gave me like they basically reviewed we were all reviewed each other and gave all like we rated each of our work our collaboration like all of that and our grade on that project was based on collectively the group what they scored us okay. and i was like i i already hated that because I'm like i cannot you know because i'm gonna be real honest with people. And I don't want to do that. But I literally remember getting a C on the project and I'm like, hold on, I'm the one that was doing the most work. I missed one meeting because I had other, like had a job, you know, but like once every meeting was on top of my game, did above and beyond. So I go to his his classroom and I'm like, or his office hours and I'm like, I don't deserve a C on this, you know? And again, it's me being like, <laughs> I want good grades because my parents taught me educación the But I went in there and I was like, I don't want to see. I don't deserve to see on this. And he said that one member on the team graded me with an F. And I was like, what? Why? And then, yeah, it was this whole other little drama. But he was like, yeah, like um, she said, he accidentally said she, which I already knew exactly who it was because we only had one other girl on the team. (laughs) And then he's like, she, sorry, they, like, um, said that you missed the meeting and that you weren't like... uh, present for like a whole day which is when like the heaviest like need of the project was being done and I was like I had a job like what and I was there in every other meeting and for me it was a conversation I had to have which no one teaches you how to have constructive conversations let me tell you because in my family when when you do something wrong you either yell at each other and then you like go about <laughs> your day like nothing ever happens and it's just like we don't have to apologize it's just we love each other like yeah, we were yeah. not taught to like have those difficult conversations but for me it's one of those things of like why does your performance and everything that you do depend on the team members and everyone else around you when like people are not seeing you like you were saying as the whole human who has a job who has other things who has kids a family like people are seeing you as in the workplace you're not living up to my standards of what you're supposed to be doing you know what I mean
0: and everyone has different standards. I mean, think about that grade. Everyone.
1: I'm
0: mm-hmm. not, I don't know how many people would like be happy with a C, but maybe they are. Maybe they'll be like, yo, I just passed this. I'm chilling. But you, you have a different expectation for what like mm-hmm. success looks like in that class. And it may be a B. It may be a, some people aren't even happy with an a, some people are right. like, oh, w- wait, what? I got an A minus? Uh-uh, uh-uh. like Like mm-hmm. so expectation varies in everything I'm glad you brought up an example outside of work because this idea of like this individual versus team project setting expectations right all that stuff is like so important and I love the fact that you mentioned like nobody teaches us how to have these conversations mm-hmm. two things come to mind like one in my experience in, in corporate, they have had training trainings around what they call crucial conversations. What I found is that, or at least not what I found, but what I wish is that they had two classes, one for like, let's say, everybody, and they need one for underrepresented groups because, oh,
1: a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. the way that
0: the way that they teach us to have these crucial conversations, if I take their method of communication, I'm going to get labeled mad stuff. They're going to be like assertive, aggressive, way too direct. like, Oh, my God, I was so intimidated that he told me this. Like, no, no, no. Like, we need a separate coach, course, etc., on how to have these crucial conversations. And I'm going to plug in that we are, plural, me, I'm releasing this content pretty soon around these soft skills. Because I feel like a lot of corporate spaces, they try to teach us these soft skills. But we need our own, not spin, but our own way of how to learn these skills. Because... If not, if we don't learn the right way how to do it, we get these labels, unfortunately.
1: Oh, my God. A thousand percent. And it's also, it's not easy. Like, I, again, like, I was raised in a home where it's like, you don't talk back to your elders, you respect them. And, like, you know what I mean? Sometimes that dynamic plays in the workplace where it's like, oh, this person's been here for years and they're like, I have to show them that respect. And, like, sometimes they don't deserve that respect, too. You know what I mean? And, like sometimes they deserve it deserves like you a space to tell them this is what I need this is what I want this is my boundary like mm. but that's not something that I grew up being able to do with like the elders in my family like it was very much like you know like you have to respect like anyone mm. who is coming in like your tío your tía even if they would say some trifling stuff like I would just have <laughs> to be there and respect them you know and I think for me, that dynamic plays in it plays in that space too. And I think I totally agree. And I love that because I was doing it already because we really do need a whole, like here's how we can give feedback as a community because one, we're already scared about job security. Like someone mentioned, like they have to do like extra stuff like ERG work and this work and that work because they don't wanna be seen as that DEI check, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're already like dealing with so many barriers labels like cultural things like for me it's we have to create a space that has all of those things in mind when it comes to having those crucial conversations
0: i agree i agree um and there's there's a comment in here that just like stood out to me and honestly gave me the goosebumps and chills and all that and i don't want to i don't want to scroll up but somebody essentially said like i'm so i'm so glad y'all are having this conversation because so often, like, I feel like I'm alone having these thoughts and y'all are bringing it to light and making me feel seen and heard. So whoever said that, and there's been a couple iterations of that throughout in the comment section, I, I literally just want to say thank you because that's why we're doing this. And I'm I, I'm actually getting goosebumps. And it's so tough not only having these conversations publicly, but also, like, although I listen, I, you know, scheduling this and have all of this, right? Like, sometimes, like, I'll be honest, I'll be like, I'd rather do something like I'm gonna go to the gym but like comments like that and messages like that I don't know about for you a but for me that's like it gives me the motivation to continue having these important conversations so I just want to say thank you to y'all and I promise we're catching up on the comments
1: (laughs) I need to catch up on the comments I'm like where was that no but same as you like anytime I, I have conversations with people and they're like oh how many downloads do you have how many listeners and I'm like So I could tell you all that data, but let me tell you, the reason I do this is not for the numbers, it's not for any of those other things. It's for those comments, those DMs, those emails that are like, thank you for creating this space and making me feel like I'm not the only person out here, making me feel like I'm seen, like I'm valued, like I can relate to somebody in a position that I want to be in. You know what I mean? It's, It's those comments that really, they touch the heart
0: facts speaking of being seen i'm feeling seen i feel like a lot of people are doing hashtag only child syndrome so i appreciate y'all hey. too. <laughs> not an only child can't, hate group project wait can't look relate,
1: at can't
0: relate. yo look at maria the whole of, i thought quite good was like when your high school boyfriend stops calling you so you'll break up with him uh you don't have the guts to quit but uh, to get fired oh let's not talk about the maria the
1: we gotta have a whole one-on-one conversation about that <laughs> i love this
0: i Um, love this i'll just post a couple more comments before we transition into um what's next so in a corporate environment that evaluation is similar to a 360 degree assessment they tend to factor in too many external variables instead of focusing on the quality of work i completely agree Mm. um but something else that came to mind too is this idea of quiet quitting, right? It's essentially setting boundaries, taking back some of your time, and then something that people aren't talking about enough is like, all right, well, if people are sort of prioritizing and taking a little bit, like taking time out of their job, what are they doing with that time? Like, they're mm-hmm. probably doing something outside of work, right? Whether it be a side hustle, a um, something with the family, it could be a bunch of different things, but. I know that in some ways, you know, you've started to prioritize, you know, for a while now, some things outside of work, in particular, like the podcast, like, how do you even think about balancing career, side hustle, all of that?
1: Let's talk about it. First, I want to shout out Josh's comment about the fighting and then waking up like nothing happened the next day. That is some (laughs) trauma. That is something I'm still unlearning. I'm like, oh, we have to say sorry and have a conversation now. Yeah. Me and my boyfriend are learning, but for me, it's, it's, it's really, it's interesting because I think right now, especially um, I'm getting higher for Hispanic heritage month when, um, and it's been a really cool, again, it's a really cool moment of growth in my podcast and, you know, being part of the network with you now, Babel, and doing other things with the podcast, being able to almost see it grow into a different space. And with that growth comes opportunities, you know, opportunities to go speak, to get paid, to monetize, to do side hustles, to do workshops. And that's where my mind has been. And I think for me, it's almost, in a way, being able to say no, like in the side hustle sometimes. Like sometimes some opportunities don't work out. And I was telling you the other day, like so hard to say no. I just want to say yes to everyone. I'm like, yes, I'll do it. But really looking at, the time that I spend in work, I mean, it's 40 hours a week. And then mm-hmm. I spend time for my podcast, like probably another 20 hours a week on top of that. Like your girl, your girl's just busy all day, every day, but been learning how to leave space for me too. Like, you know, I'm doing the work, I'm doing my podcast. So how am I leaving space for all that these to just exist and just live and just be on a vacation somewhere? You know, like how do I give myself the time and space and some of the ways I've been doing that is throughout the summer, I didn't record. So I had like episodes like in queue and I'm like, I'm taking the summer off. It's my birthday. Like I'm not recording for the next three months, but I'm still doing workshops. I'm still doing this. I'm still doing that. So it's been, it's been hard because time, I wish I could have more of it. Um, it just doesn't exist. But for me, I'm like, I'm here. I need my own time. And so creating space for me, has been really important. But for you, how's it been? Because you were in tech doing Plural and now you've stepped out and are doing Plural full time. So how's that been for you?
0: Yeah, I also have to make time for myself, which is really difficult. And just like people have the fear of, all right, if I take time for myself, am I going to get fired? You know, like if I do less mm-hmm. work, Am I still going to be recognized for the work that I'm already doing? And there's a similar mindset, unfortunately, that I still have when it comes to what, you know, what the side hustle was and eventually became my full time. And I don't know if you experienced the same thing, but it's like, all right, if I don't, if I take a whole summer off and don't post content, am I in theory going to get fired from my audience? You know what I mean? Like, are they never going to listen to me again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's this... uh there's this quote in uh, by money making Mitch in Paid in Full talking about the drug dealing game, and he was saying like, "Yo, like, I'm like a baller in the league. Like, if I retire, are the streets still gonna love me? Something like that, right? And it's, it's this idea of like, mm-hmm. even even posting content on TikTok or LinkedIn, if I stop posting, and are people gonna forget about me? Are people going to forget about the mission and? And and it and it puts pressure on me to like not take time for myself and and not even yeah. a vacation. I'm talking about like not even going outside to go get a coffee sometimes. You know what I mean? Like simple stuff like that. Because so this pressure for me like didn't necessarily just stop when I went full time. It 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 still manifests itself in different ways. Does does do those similar like thoughts of your head come up as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, at one point I did leave a job so I can be doing the podcast full time and to me like that was so hard because at the end of the day and this is like this is part of the first gen career road mapping struggle is that like I don't come from money I don't have like hella savings in the bank I don't have my parents to rely on like I'm the one that's like trying to help my parents out and eventually be at your level by bed where you were paying your parent your your mom your her bills like in, in entirety That's what I'm working toward because, again, I don't come from money. I'm the only one that was able to go to college. And sometimes there's guilt for me of, like, wanting to leave a job. When I did leave the job, there was so much guilt because I'm, like, I'm not in a position to leave a job that's giving me steady income when I don't come from money, when I'm the only person in my family that has an opportunity to be in that space in the first place. It's hard. It's it's a really hard balance for me. And I think the pressure for me is not so much of like, am I going to get fired from my audience? It's mostly (laughs) of like, am I going to get fired from my family? Like, to be completely honest, I'm like, because I still need to make money. I still need to help them out. And I still need to focus on me. And I'm like, I want to make money. I want to have this life that like my parents dreamed about that I dreamed about. So I need to work and be in this space just so I can like take the money and invest in my project because that's where my real joy is. You know what I mean? So you're
0: saying like, is there is there a guilt in investing in the in your projects versus your family? Is that kind of what you're saying?
1: I think there's guilt of like step, wanting to step away from corporate or like that mm-hmm. steady income because sometimes I think about it like right now, I'm wrapping up my contract in four weeks and like my mind right now is like, well, where's, where's that next job going to be? Like, what's that next opportunity for me? And it's sometimes hard to like have space in your mind for like your, your dreams and your podcast and what you're trying to build for this world, something that fills your cup. But also I need to fill my pockets because I need something to invest in that podcast. Right. Like I need something so I can invest in my family. It's something I can invest in myself. Like, still need that security. And it's just, again, it's the first-gen career road mapping that's interesting because it's like, this is my passion, but this is my, this is where I'm getting my money. And I need to have both right now until I can be at Pabell's level, <laughs> and be at a level where I can really step away and feel comfortable to do that. But I'm just not at that place. So my mind right now, there's guilt of like, can I be out of a job for a minute? Like, I don't think mm-hmm. I can. Because there's so many other responsibilities that I have in my worlds that I'm not comfortable letting them down just yet. You know what I mean?
0: A hundred percent. There's so many times where I look at like LinkedIn jobs. I'm like, yo, who's hiring? And yes, it's it's for me partially because like entrepreneurship isn't isn't easy. But I also really miss spoiling my mom and my abuela and just everybody, mm. right? Like, my mom's about to take a vacation and, you know, she has a little bit of, she has she has a little savings and, you know, she's been working for a while, so she has some sort of, like, retirement account. So she took a, you know, couple thousand from that and, like, did whatever. But even the idea of, like, her touching her savings makes me so uncomfortable. Mm. And it makes me sad. And I wish, like, I mean, she'll be fine. You know what I mean? Like, she's good. <laughs> But I just wish, like, I was your savings. You know what I mean?
1: But that's and... that's pressure that we've had. That's pressure that you've had for years. And the yes. fact that you're not doing it, like, it makes you feel a type of way. But it's okay that you're also investing in yourself. Like, this is the hard part of, like, mm-hmm. sometimes you do have to choose yourself in, in some of these moments. But that guilt, that, like you know, like I want to be your 401k, Pavel, you know, yeah, like <sighs> sometimes <laughs> I think sometimes that's really difficult to come to terms with. And that's again, part of this like career roadmapping dilemma of like, we, sometimes we just want it all. And like, at the end of the day, it's, it's unfortunate that we just don't come from those resources and don't come from privilege. And we can't just like I don't know go around and do whatever we want to do without guilt like there is going to be that guilt there and i'm sorry i know that's like probably hard to deal with and navigate with your grandma Not abuelita.
0: Nah. Oh, <laughs> nah, it's... by the way
1: y'all can i give some kudos to your abuelita because <laughs> babel's abuelita is like the cutest instagram abuelita out there and i've been a big fan of her since i started following you <laughs> so go follow him
0: yeah no i appreciate that um there's there's uh, a comment that, that stood out to me. It says, when you express the desire to pivot, you will often hear, Por qué, Si tiene buen trabajo. That compounds the fear or guilt of making a career pivot. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things for me, besides money, about making the career pivot, is the clout and the insecurity that I now have around what I currently do. Like I have mm-hmm. a dream and a vision around where I want Plural to be. And it's not there yet. So I almost feel insecure saying that, like, this is the company that I run right now. You know what I mean? And I feel like not that my mom understood what TikTok was or what Facebook (laughs) and Instagram was completely. But I think she had something to point to and be like, that's what my son does for work. And I don't really think she understands what I do now. You know what I mean? like, wait, you just record content and like, how are you getting booked for speaking engagements? Like what? So one of the things that I'm actually really, really excited about is that I'm starting to do live events. I mean, this is a live event, but it's virtual, but I'm starting to do live events in person. And one of them is coming up in October. And I really want my mom to be there just so she could experience what I do. And, you know, she experiences it now with like, watching she's you know she supports the podcast she watches everything on youtube uh all of those kind of things but it's it's something different i think not only her experiencing it but i really want her to see like these comments that y'all are leaving type of stuff you know what i mean like i want her to be like damn you know what the work that my son is doing is actually not only making him money and it may be less money he was making at tiktok but i want her to see the impact that is driving within the community like The story that I tell myself is that she'll be proud of me. Mm.
1: Oh, it's it's so it's all of that, Pavel, and I'm sure she is so proud of you because it's amazing work that not everyone gets to do. There's so many people at Facebook, so many people in um, all these other tech and corporate spaces, but there's not a lot of people doing what you're doing. So I think letting her know, like you may not have something to point to, but I'm out here doing this, and I'm out here. And I'm, not the, I'm I, not the only one, but like there's yeah. not a lot of us out here doing this work and it's important work that you're doing. So, but I feel like I want to make a comment on just that feeling of always wanting to make your family proud and, and and call it guilt, fear, whatever you want. But for me, like that's so much of like my story is wanting to make my parents proud because of everything that they've been through to get us to where we are now. And again, I had a privilege because I was born here. I was able to go to college. I, I didn't struggle with getting my papers like my brothers and sisters did. So for me, I feel like even that, like I have a different level of, I want my siblings to be proud because they wish they can have the same opportunities that I have, take care of the families the way that I get to take care of mine. Like I know that there is still that and I still feel weird, by the way. My parents are like, mira la niña in front of my my siblings. I'm like, stop. Like, don't I'm say that. Grown like, am a grown-ass woman. My... Yeah, I'm like, you're breaking <laughs> my heart.
0: <laughs> but no,
1: like, not even that, because they still call me la niña always. But it's more so, like, don't tell my... I know they're telling my siblings, like, mira la niña, because... I know they're saying it because they're proud, but it's also to me, like they just, it's a different opportunity that I had versus them. And it shouldn't be shamed to them that they are not working in corporate just because they couldn't, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, I see what you mean now. Yeah. That's deep. It's its almost as if like your mom, very rightfully so, or your family's like lifting you up, bigging you up. But at the same time, other people around you may not have had those opportunities. So there may be- And they
1: didn't. Mm -hmm.
0: shame or like why didn't you go into this this and that that's tough. i get it
1: yeah and it's always me like stop like stop well look at this like he's doing that look at all his kids they're all good like you know what i mean like i try to hype up my family as much as i can because it really is a battle of listen, my, all my siblings were undocumented immigrants and they struggled so much of their lives just trying to get there. And there was a time where DACA didn't exist and it wasn't an opportunity for them. And so mm-hmm. when I, I, again, I was born here, I was able to go to college. I was able to do so many things that I didn't even realize was a privilege until I was old enough to realize like, oh, yeah. my siblings couldn't do that. Like, I didn't even know. And there was a point in time where I used to blame them too. I'm like, why aren't y'all out there like you know? Oof. And then I was like, wait, they were in a different time. They didn't have the same opportunities. And so for me, there is a level of pressure to make them proud. And almost I'm carrying all their dreams. Like I'm carrying my parents dreams, each of my brother and my sister's dreams. Like they're on my shoulders. And I'm just like, I'm just trying to make you all proud. It's hard.
0: Oh, carrying all of their dreams. Girl, your back don't hurt
1: back her all the time <laughs> that's why I need to go on vacation probably that's what I'm telling you but no it's it's a and you know for a minute I was like I want to just take off all their dreams because I want to focus on me but honestly I feel like it's okay to also want to live out your parents and your family's dreams I don't think that's a hard I don't think that's a negative thing unless it's really draining you and you're really like this is not for me like that's a different story but for me I think I was like, I was almost listening to this like narrative out there of like, you don't need to take care of your parents or you don't need to like carry everyone else's dreams. But for me, I'm like, that's so much of my platform is to like be a space for our community to feel seen and heard and valued and represented. I am representing my family and my parents and my siblings. And I do want to carry all their dreams with me because I believe that if I can do it, all their kids, like all my little nieces and nephews are gonna see Thea and be like, Well, Thea can do it, like I can do it too. Because each of them are born here. They all have the same opportunities. I wanna pave the way and show them that they can also be where I'm at and they can choose the life and create the life that they want that their their dad and their mom wish they could have had too. So Oof. my back does I, hurt, but <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs>
0: I I love that. And and I think it ties the conversation like where we started and sort of like how we're coming to the end so well, because we initially spoke about dreaming yeah, and a lot of what you're talking about now is, is dreaming the pressures, how sometimes it could be problematic because you feel like you're carrying so much weight, but at the same time, it could be motivating. Even just Mm -hmm. thinking about the type of representation that you could be for your nieces and nephews and so many people looking up to you so and this idea of quiet quitting right it's it's again i think the the theories you put out there is like no it's not quitting your job it's not doing this and that it's more so maybe reprioritizing your time and allocating yeah. it to things that bring you joy and align with what you want to do what you dream yeah. about and the impact that you yeah. want to that you want to make in the world
1: it's the equity theory right it's like mm-hmm. Well, if y'all not gonna give me job security or pay me enough or give me enough benefits or give me a bonus, then I'm gonna go over here in plural in my side hustle with my family. And I'm gonna invest more time because if you wanna keep it corporate, the ROI here is much bigger than the ROI there. You know what I mean? So I, I think that's end a, scene. <laughs>
0: end scene. I think I think that's the perfect way to end it. Um I I mean any, anything else you wanna you wanna touch on i know that you love to do the brindis before we end
1: are we doing brindis right now <laughs>
0: i don't know i don't got anything to toast with but i don't know
1: <laughs> i have i have my cafe um but i'm looking at these comments because yo you know what that reminds me of this sounds so bad you know that oh. movie with kevin hart where he carries around a jug of water
0: like no. a gallon of
1: water Oh, okay, then we'll talk about that offline. But you <laughs> <laughs> just reminded me of Kevin Hart in that one movie where he's carrying a gallon of water. Um, these comments, I just want to give a shout-out to everybody listening though. Like these comments have been giving me life and I've been trying to read through them as much as I can and just thank you for, for being here with Pavel and I. Like we always meet on these unfiltered episodes and talk about like how can we keep it real? Like what are we dealing with? What are we Experiencing right now, and how can we bring that here into this space? Because we created this platform because we don't tell a lot of our story on our own platforms, and so this is our way of being real and and showing more of who we are on this space. So, just thank you everyone for joining. I appreciate y'all.
0: Yeah, thank you all for joining as well. I mean, echo everything Ali said, and y'all showing up, but mostly the the stories, the experiences, and the comments that y'all are sharing really just motivate me and inspire me to just continue going. So thank you for that.
1: I love this comment right here. LinkedIn, yes sermon. I love that. I'm gonna frame that comment and like print it out. I love that. But we could do a brindis, Fabel. If you have your water, I have my cafecito right here. Let's do and it. And I, it. I, so everyone who's listening, I end my podcast episodes of brindis and I say, what do you want to choose to? And what do you want to manifest for our community that's on here? So. What do you want to choose to go in, and what do you want to manifest for everyone who's listening?
0: I want to cheers to our dreams and I want to manifest that we make our families proud.
1: <laughs> That's my job. That's it. Salud. <laughs> Salud, amigo. Thank you everyone for coming and for listening.
0: Thank y'all there. that wraps up this week's episode of the Kim Thuera's podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor, leave us a rating and a review. It just helps us in the algorithm to ensure that these stories get heard by as many people as possible. Scaling these stories and experiences is the only way that we're going to redefine professionalism. Thank you. i see you next week.